see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You shall hold your peace. Again, they're in fear. We should have stayed back there in Egypt and just served. But you brought us out here, man of God, and we're going to die out here in this wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Now, I need you. I told you I'm, I'm a little uh, hoarse and I'm a little uh, a little tired of my body. I, I mean, the Holy Ghost will give me divine energy, I know. But I need you to help me preach this today. So will you find a neighbor who looks like they're going to listen and say, neighbor, I don't know what it feels like in your life, but I know what it looks like in my life. But I have some news for you. I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. Tell somebody else, I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. Now find one more person who looks like they're really going to get into this and say, I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. It may look like I'm stuck. It may feel like I'm stuck. It may seem like I'm stuck where I am, but in reality, I'm not stuck. This is news from heaven. You're not stuck. You're standing still. I'm standing still. Remind you, in 2016, I brought this up to you last week. In 2016, I preached a message series titled Prosperity Progression. And I talked about four levels where you can locate yourself in life. There's a level called evil. There's a level called better. A level called good and a level called best. And I demonstrated to you back then and I reminded you of this on last Sunday how God wants to take his people from, uh, from evil all the way to best. He wants to take us, from, take us from living on the bottom of the heap to living on the top of the mountain, on the top of the hill, on the top of the world. God doesn't want to keep his people on the bottom. He wants us to live where? On the top. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. Did you see that? So notice where you may start as poor in the dust or as a beggar in the ash heap. But when God gets through with you, I saw this side. I'm going to stay over here. You may start this side and say a thing. You may start as the poor in the dust. He may find you as a beggar in the ash heap. But if you'll let God work in your life, if you'll let God have his way, when God gets through with you, you're not going to be poor and you will not be a beggar. You're going to be seated among princes, and you're going to inherit the throne of glory. Tell somebody, God's taking me somewhere. God's taking me. Man, this. 
he's, he's, he's taking me somewhere. I'm not staying at the bottom. I'm not, I'm not staying where I am. I'm not staying where God found me. God is working with me. God is, he's producing something in my life. I'm going to let God work with me. I'm willing and obedient. He's going to make you make me rich. He's, I'm willing and obedient. He's going to give me the good of the land. I'm willing and I'm obedient. He's going to, I'm not preaching already. He's going to give me the best of the land. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now settle down. I'm going to settle down here. This microphone. So he raises us from the poor in the dust and the beggars in the ash heap to set us among princes and to make us inherit the throne of glory. This means that God has a glorious plan for your life. And you must trust that he's working that plan every day. Uh, I don't know who hears me. I said, God has a glorious plan for your life, and he's working that plan every day. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. God has a will for your life. And I just read to you from 1 Samuel that his will is for you to be seated among princes. His will is for you to inherit a throne of glory. His will is not for you to stay on the bottom. His will is not for you to stay below. His will is for you to be the head and not the, come on, the above only, come on, and not beneath. He wants to sit you up high. The Bible says, in fact, he wants you and me to ride on the high places of the earth. Not to stay on the bottom. So then what he does is God, the Bible says in, in the book of Isaiah, uh, that God uh, declares the end from the beginning. God declares the end from the beginning. So what he does is he will show us, give us a vision, tell us about the end, and then go back to the beginning and push start. Oh, somebody in the back, y'all getting this? God will show you the end and then go back to the beginning and push start. Do you, you remember Jeremiah? I'm, I'm way off notes here. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, the King James, that God says, I know the, the plans I have for you to give you a hope future, to give you an expected, a what? And so God has an expected end for your life. But he doesn't start you at the end. Oh, how I wish he did. Oh, how I wish God would just get us there in a hurry. Oh, how I wish we could have blessing as instantaneously as we have oatmeal. Y'all don't, don't. I wish I could have blessing as instantaneously as I have, have grits. You can, you can get some instant grits. But how many of y'all know that instant grits and the instant oatmeal don't touch that slow cooking? I'm going to come over here. That slow cooking oatmeal that your mama used to simmer on the, on the stove while you were getting dressed for church. Listen to WRXB 15.9 in the morning. That slow cooking oatmeal, that slow cooking grits and you smell that bacon. They got instant bacon, but that slow bacon they used to throw in the oven. Any of y'all ever had that real bacon, the bone-in bacon? That, that, you, you, don't, you don't microwave bone-in bacon. It, 
Bone-in bacon deserves long cooking. Bone-in bacon deserves the heat of the oven because when, when, it, when it comes forth, it's going to be mm-mm good to you. And so you want, you want it to take its time. And so, so you don't rush the process. And you must allow time for the process to work. Are you with me this afternoon? So he works all things according to the counsel of his will. And our part, everybody say my part, is to trust his process. That's what faith is all about. How many faith people do I have in here? That's what faith is all about. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You missed it. You don't have it yet. It's hoped for. It's the evidence of things not in your hand, but things not seen. Now, faith, your faith tells you you have it. I'm looking for somebody who's going to shout. Your faith tells you you have it. And you shout now because your faith says you have it. But your bank account may not correspond. But your physical body may not agree. But you don't need the account to agree or your body to agree. As long as you and God agree on what his word says, you know you have it. Because if you have the word, you have the thing. And so your faith says, I trust God in the process. And faith will carry you even when things seem to be going a lot slower than you and I desire them to go. Even when hiccups and trouble and tribulation and trials come along, my faith says, I'm going to keep on stepping. I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on walking. Or I'm going to keep on standing because I know that where I am is not where I'm going. That God's taking me somewhere. God's doing something. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. So if I know he's working all things according to the counsel of his will, I know that no matter good or bad, no matter indifferent, no matter what's happening in anybody else's life, no matter what's happening in another country, in a foreign land, God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. Did y'all catch that over in the side? He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things according to the counsel of his, he's working all things. He's working. You need, I want you to catch that. I, I want you to, he's working all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things. So as long as I know I'm, and I'm confident I'm walking in his will, then he's working all things according to the counsel of his will. Tell, tell your neighbor God's working on you. He's working for you. Tell him he's working on you. At the same time, he's working for you. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. The frustration comes when things aren't moving as quickly as we like them to move. Or when serious trouble comes our way. And the tendency is to fret or to freak out. I, I, I dare ask this and I don't even look up. Anybody here ever freaked out before? I didn't say you got freaked out, and that's another thing. That's a whole other, 
That's a whole other thing happen to people in college. They get freaked out. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about getting turned out. I'm talking about have you ever been so caught off guard by the enemy that you were startled. Some of y'all lying through your teeth. Some of y'all almost quit every single Sunday because the devil keeps freaking you out. And the devil, because he can hit you sometimes out of the blue, hit you sometimes in a way you weren't counting, in a way you weren't expecting, and if you're not careful, it'll make you freak out. You may lie, but I'm not going to lie. There are times I have freaked out in my life, even as a man of God. <laughs> there are some things that have happened in my own life that I, oh, it caught me off guard. Oh, wait, where'd that come from? Come on, I know y'all all sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, speaking in tongues. You're always walking. I'm always walking by faith. Use a lie. There are times that God has had to come and sure you up because you were freaking out. Can I get a witness? But we must remember that in the midst of all this, God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. And nothing and no one can stop his plan. But I want you to never forget this, Ephesians 1.11, that he's working all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. So no, no matter what things you see, no matter what things are happening, you must trust he's working all things according to the counsel of his will. That he has a plan. He planned his work, and now he's working his plan. Is anybody listening this morning? He planned his work and now he's working his plan. And if you know you're still in the will of God, even when things come along that, wait, that don't look like the plan. Baby, you didn't know the plan. You just heard about the end. He didn't even tell you the plan. If he told you the plan, you sure would have freaked out. Man, y'all, I'm, 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 I'm gonna take my Bible and go home. Man, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. If honestly, be honest, be, come on, come on. Thank, thanks, Jaquetta. Thanks, Jaquetta. If God told you the plan, you you would have said no. Nah. <laughs> no, I ain't going through that. I ain't uh, Let me just step back in and serve these Egyptians. I got cucumbers. I got leeks. I got onions. I got fish. I got I got meat pots back here. Let me just stay on back here. I'm going to just, you know, we, you got to die somehow. You know, just I'm going to live like this and die. No, you, you would even sign up for the plan if God showed you the plan. So he doesn't show you the plan. He just gives old men dreams and young men visions. He just gives a prophetic word. But he doesn't let you in on the plan. But you and I, by faith, must trust that he's working his plan. Oh. This is the case that we see in our text in, Ezekiel, in um, Exodus 14. The children of Israel, they're on their way to the, what, the Bible, what we call, the Bible calls the promised land. Everybody say the promised land. I read this verse to you last week. I want to bring it back to you. Ezekiel 20, 
verse 5 and 6 from the Living Bible. Listen to what it says. Tell them the Lord God says, when I chose Israel and revealed myself to her in Egypt, I swore to her and her descendants that I will bring them out of Egypt. Uh-huh. To a land I had discovered for them and explored for them. A good land, come on, flowing as it were with the best of all lands. Now, so God says, remember that I told them I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to take them in. This is what he says, Ezekiel. Remember, remind them that I told them I'm going to bring them out of Egypt and take them into the promised land. He never gave them the in-between stuff. <laughs> oh, God. All he says, I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to take you in. Oh, my. And sometimes people don't, don't even get happy about that, that he's going to bring me out he's going to take me in. Listen, if God brings you out, he plans to take you in. You're not delivered till you get in. You're not delivered just because you come out. He delivers you from and he delivers you to. So God said, I'm going to bring them out. And then he said, I'm going to take them in. But he doesn't give them all the gory details in between. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it because I probably would not have agreed to the plan. He said, I'm going to take them to the best lands anywhere. So the question is, can God keep his promises? I got three yeses. I said, can God keep his promises? 2 Corinthians 1.20, we know it, that says, for all of his promises are yes and in him, amen. So anything God promises, it's a Yes. And anything God promised, he will do. He can do it. He will do it. And nothing and nobody can stop him. But with the promise, there is a plan. He gives you the promise, but he retains the plan for himself. This might help three people online. I don't know about you, but online, it's going to help three people. He gives me the promise but he doesn't give me necessarily the plan. What he will give me are steps. Steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So he'll give me the steps. Remember I showed you last week when we were reading about uh, Elisha and, and that king and how he began to tell him about shooting. Remember I kept talking last week about keep shooting and he gave him uh, step by step by step. Because you must follow the instructions as they come. You don't know the whole plan. You just get the step. Oh, y'all, you better use this. This, this, this will register in your spirit by next Thursday. You, you get the promise and you get a step. It's been said in the world, the, the journey of a thousand miles. Come on, help me. Begins with one 
step. In other words, what they say is, don't focus on a thousand miles. <laughs> because if you focus on the, on the 1,000 miles, you'll get discouraged. Focus on the one step. Oh, I, I want to lose 75 pounds. Don't focus on 75 pounds. What's my step? Make a good decision at lunch. <laughs> just, just take one half hour walk. Just, just one, it's one, it's one step. So God gives them the promise, doesn't give them the plan, but he's going to order them step by step. Are y'all seeing this here? So God can, can keep his promises. Tell your neighbor, God can keep his promises. But the Bible says in Hebrews 6 verse 12, you faith people know this, that the Bible says that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Through what? Faith, faith and what? Patience. Through what now? Faith and we inherit the promises. So faith is required to inherit a promise, and it must be accompanied by patience. Patience denotes that there's going to be some time, and there's going to be some challenges. And so you must mix your faith or add patience to your faith to inherit the promise that God already gave you. There's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some adversity. But if you would keep your faith and patience, don't become sluggish. But have faith and patience, the Bible says you'll inherit the promises. So let's look at Exodus 14 again. Are you okay? Verse 9, I'm going to start there. I'm going to read verse 9 through 14 again, refresh us. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside uh, Pihaharoth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians then that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. Forever the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now when the children of Israel saw in back in, in this verse, verse 10, when they saw the Egyptians coming after them, they were fearful in their current condition. Remember where they are geographically. They are in front of, or what's in front of them is the Red Sea. The mountains are pitched on either side of them. And the only, it's like being in a cul-de-sac. Y'all know what a cul-de-sac is. A, a dead end, we call it. And, but the professional name, the real name is a cul-de-sac. Get, get proper on me. Get cul-de-sac. And in this cul-de-sac that they were in, mountains on either side, the Red Sea in front of them, and the only way that they could get anywhere if they were going to go anywhere was to go behind them. They did not know at this time they were going to cross the Red Sea. 
Y'all better catch that. See, you know, but they didn't know. They had the promise, but they didn't have the plan. You and I are looking in retrospect, but they are looking ahead and see, they see this Red Sea, mountain, mountain, and behind them, they're, they're thinking they're just sitting here and we're going to get up and then we're going to go around this mountain somewhere. And then they look up and all of a sudden, here comes the Egyptians. And the Bible says that they begin to be very afraid. They're, they're stuck. They feel stuck. They feel stuck between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. What happens whenever you begin to feel stuck, bitterness will set in. When you feel stuck, complaining begins to set in. When you feel stuck, grumbling begins to set in. When you feel stuck, you'll start questioning God and questioning your leadership. They started questioning the whole process. They began to resent their leader. And our key verse, verse 13, Moses tells them something. He says, do not be afraid. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you or accomplish for you today. In other words, Moses, their leader, says to them, you're not stuck. You see, if there weren't a mountain on either side, if there were not a red sea in front of them, they wouldn't have had this feeling. But because they're completely surrounded, and here comes the enemy, they feel this <sighs> claustrophobia setting in on their spirits, this tightening setting in on their spirits, we're stuck and we can't catch our breath. We're stuck and we can't move. We're stuck and we're going to die in this place. But the man of God says, you're not stuck. Stand still. I wish you'll help me this morning. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you're not stuck. It may feel like it. It may look like it, but you're not stuck. Tell them, stand still. You're about to see a show. Who am I preaching to today? I'm sorry, who am I teaching today? You're not stuck where you are. I don't care how big the mountain is. I don't care how wide the sea is. I don't care how formidable your enemy may be. You are not stuck right where you are. All God wants me to tell you to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Y'all sit down. Sit down. I got, I got, to, I got, to, I got to teach. I, got to, I came in to teach. He says, you're not stuck. I just want you to stand still, watch this, and watch what God does. Stand still and get your popcorn out. I know it feels frustrating, but get your popcorn out. I know it feels like you're about to lose it, but get your popcorn out because you're about to see a show. Something big is about to happen in your life. Oh, man. You better grab that. I said something big is about to happen in your life. When it looks like it's the worst 
possible scenario, when it looks like it's the worst possible situation, that's when God says, stand still and get your popcorn ready. You're about to see the greatest show on earth. I'm about to show you just what my power can do. Do I have anybody that's ready right now to see God's power? Shout it right now. I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. Say it one more time. I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. One more time for the Holy Ghost. I'm not stuck. Matter of fact, you ought to say this so the devil can hear it. I'm not stuck. Uh, I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. Sit down, y'all. Y'all don't, don't do that. Now, why? Why is Moses so calm and cool and confident in this situation? He sees the same enemy. He sees the same mountains. He sees the same sea. But how is it that he's so confident? Well, let's get the background. Go back to verse 1. Oh, God. Lord, help me just teach you today. Notice verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses. <laughs> Notice the Lord spoke to Moses. Notice the Bible didn't say the Lord spoke to the people. It didn't say he spoke to the congregation. It said now the Lord spoke to Moses. When God speaks to you, Faith is released. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by. So when you hear the word of God, faith is released. And faith, if you really have faith, it's enough to override any circumstance the devil brings in your life. The reason why I'm not freaking out anymore is because I got a word. The reason why I ain't lost my mind is because I got a word. The reason why I hadn't quit on God is because down deep on the inside, I remember I got a word. I would have fainted. I would have quit, except I believe. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, 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 the Lord spoke to Moses. Somebody say, speak to me, Lord. Give me a word. Give me a word. Give, Lord, give me a word that's going to change my life. Give me a word that's going to settle me down. Give me a word that's, that's going to that's sure up my faith. Give me a word, God. The Lord spoke to Moses. Now notice what happens. The people, they didn't get the following information. Moses did. God reveals some things to leaders, men of God, prophets sometimes, that he may not reveal yet to everybody. How many of y'all understand that? 
that there'll be things God will say to your leaders, your men of God, your women of God, your prophets that he may not yet reveal to you. It doesn't mean that you're less than or that he doesn't like you. It just means that you're not ready for it. And he doesn't want you to freak out yet. So God hips Moses to what's going to happen. Ah, the Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse 7, when you go through that list of benefits we talk about, verse 7 says he made, his, made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. So all through the, through, through the Egyptian bondage and the time of their deliverance, they saw all God's acts, the lice, the flies, the locusts, the frogs, blood filling up the waters, death of all the cattle and death of the firstborn. They saw the axe, but they didn't know his ways. God revealed his ways to Moses. So Moses was not just see. If all you ever know is his acts, you will freak out when you don't see him acting. Y'all didn't catch that. If all you ever know are his acts, you will freak out if it feels like he's not acting. But if you know his ways, even if it feels like it looks like he's not acting, I know he's up to something. Oh, y'all. Oh, yeah. oh, God, if it, it, oh, it feels like he ain't saying anything, I know I'm cool because I know his ways. That'll help a lot of husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends who are going to become husbands and wives. It'll help you, help you to learn ways. Because sometimes they will act up on you. But if you know their ways, you know that ain't them. Because I know their ways. And nobody else can come at you and tell them how they acted. No, no, I know their ways. <laughs> Moses knew God's ways. So he didn't freak out because I know God's ways. I know anytime we're put into a pressure situation, God's up to something. Y'all missed it. Anytime it looks like it ain't going to work out, it's going to work out. Because I know his ways. And, I, and Moses, because he knows God's ways, he knows that God has a knack for letting things get down to almost zero. Before he blesses you, before he raises you up, before he magnifies you, he has a way sometimes of letting it get down to... All I got is these two little sticks and a little meal in a barrel and a little oil in a jar. But he'll send along a man of God when all you got is two sticks, a little oil, and a little meal. And I'll cause you to live all your life on multiplied blessings because that's just how he works. Tell your neighbor, that, that's how God works. That's how, that's how he works. That's, that's how he works. I, I'm learning his ways. Uh, 
He makes his ways known. Now, you can just be content learning his acts, but if you really want to get in with God, you want to really learn his ways. Amos 3.7 says that God, watch this, we're, we're just talking about why Moses isn't freaking out. Amos 3.7 says that God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. We know Moses was a prophet. And so Moses gets a revelation that the people don't have. Now watch the steps. Now, did y'all remember Ephesians 1.11? He works all things. He works all things. So notice the instruction that Moses gets. Oh, this is going to help somebody. Verse 2, speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp. Now, remember, they're fleeing Egypt. Y'all, y'all missing it. They're fleeing Egypt. When you flee, you don't, you don't put on and, and, and camp nowhere. I, I, I've heard of dumb thieves who steal a car and pull off and get gas somewhere. Don't get no gas. You drive that thing till it run out, man. You don't pull over nowhere. Stop by your girlfriend's house, pick up. No, you're picking up. No, what? And yet God tells them to camp before Paharoth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. Now, so I want you to catch this now. You remember, we know the end of the story. So remember when Pharaoh and the people come up on them, where do they find them? They find them camped. You gotta catch this, which means that the people felt stuck, but they were exactly where God wanted them to be. Uh, I'm going to talk to somebody on this side over here. I don't know if anybody in this room has a feeling every once in a while. I keep telling my wife, sometimes I feel, I do feel kind of stuck, but I'm learning that right here where I am is right where God wants me to be. I may be in a rush to move on, but God says, son, just chill out. I'm still doing something. I'm still working my plan. I'm still working my will out in your life. So I'm exactly where God wants me to be for the moment. I, I want you to help, help me, help, help me preach. Say, neighbor, you might be frustrated. You might feel stuck. But you're exactly where God wants you to be for the moment. You ain't going to stay here. This is not your end. But you're exactly where God wants you to be for this moment. You're exactly in the place where God wants you to be for this moment. Can somebody shout hallelujah? 
Hey! They were camped. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. They were camped where God told them to camp. I understand if you're traveling from, if, if I'm driving from St. Petersburg to Atlanta, I, I'm, I'm going to pull over every once in a while. I'm going to pull over at a gas station. I'm going to pull over at a rest area because I don't like driving that far. I'm going to pull over the rest area and I'm going to rest and refresh, but I'm going to get right back in the car and keep going because I'm trying to get somewhere. But God tells them to camp there. Camp means you pull, you pull over, pull all your tents out, put some stakes in the ground, pitch your tent, because you're going to stay here for a little while. God, this don't make no sense. I know it don't make no sense, son. I'm, I got, I'm still working on a plan. I'm still... I'm still working on a plan. You don't, you don't know what I'm, what I'm about to do. So, so I need you to just, just flow with my plan. Are y'all catch how much faith it requires me to do? Just, just flow with my plan. He says, I need you to camp here. That word camp comes from the Hebrew word chanah. Chanah. Which means, listen to this, to abide I want y'all to abide right there. No, Lord, we need to to keep going. No, just abide. Dwell there. Pitch a tent. Now, I'm going to just help somebody right here. He didn't say build a house. He just said pitch a tent. You're going to build beautiful houses in that land over there. Because I'm going to give you cities that you didn't build. And you're going to build beautiful houses, but on the way, I'm going to have you every once in a while stop here and pitch a tent. That's why you may rent on your way to owning your dream house. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel down. Don't feel less. You're just pitching a tent right here. It's a temporary dwelling place. But God's working a plan. It means to abide, to dwell, to pitch a tent, to rest, 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 rest. It's a long journey. Rest, rest. And watch this. Grow to an end. Grow to an end. Oh, so right there in that place, you're going to grow. And sometimes the devil wants you to feel like that because you're not moving, you're not growing. But that's, that's sometimes, matter of fact, that's really when you grow. When you stop for a little while and rest where you are, they that are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. So he needs you to, to get planted, to, to pitch a tent, to rest so you can grow to an end. There, I still haven't expected end, but I need to do some things. There's still some things I need to work out in you and some things I'm going to work out for you. You'll get this in just about three minutes. So, so, so he says, I need you to camp out. Everybody say camp out. Camp out. Tell your neighbor, camp out. Camp 
Now, I want to say this before I move on. You must remember, how many of y'all are renting right now? You're renting, renting. All right. How many of y'all are on your way to your dream house, on your way to your dream car, on your way to your dream job, on your way to your dream spouse, on your way? You, you, you know you're going somewhere. But you're camped right now. God didn't bring you this far to get you this far. I don't know, I don't know who that was for. God didn't bring you this far to get you this far. Oh, he brought me a long, mighty long ways. We, we sing a song, we, we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Yeah, but he didn't bring me this far to get me this far. Where I am now is just a campsite. I'm camping, I'm resting, I'm abiding, I'm dwelling, and I'm growing, but he has an end he's going to get me to. And whenever he says, pull up the stakes... As a matter of fact, if you know the story of their journey through the wilderness, the Bible tells us that they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And the Bible tells us along that journey that they would, as long as the pillar of cloud would move, they would move. When the pillar of fire would move, they would move. But when the pillar of cloud stopped, they had to stop. And when the pillar of fire stopped, they had to stop, which means they were being taught how to be led by the Spirit. You see, they that are led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14. These are the sons of God. So God, you remember, you remember back, thank you, Holy Ghost. You remember back in 2016, I was teaching also, and I gave you these phrases. Uh, I refuse to get ahead of God. Give, give, me, give me Psalm uh, 32 and verse 8 in the easy to read version. Remember from 2016. Never get ahead of God and never operate in your own strength. Can y'all read 32 8 and easy read? Ready, read. So God's going to lead us. Now that's not the verse I'm thinking about. Yeah, 34 verse 8. 34 verse 8, not 32. Y'all knew it wasn't 32. Why y'all let me say 32? Psalm 34 verse 8. That was good though, right there, right there. That's another one of my favorites. 34 verse 8. Hit up there. Ready? Ready? Go. Who wait on him. Who depend on him. Who depend on him. Who depend on him. So give him a chance. That means don't pull up your tent before time. Don't move ahead of God. If he doesn't move, I don't move. And when he stops, I stop. Y'all got it? All right, now, let's wind to a close here. Look at this here. So they're camping. Now, remember, God gave the people the promise, but he gives Moses the plan. Remember what I said, you're going to feel stuck at times because you know the promise, but you don't know the plan. <laughs> and you don't know, don't know that the plan included some things 
some work God had to finish. Not only in you, but for you. So verse 3 tells us, it said, for Pharaoh will say. The reason why he tells them to camp, he says, because Pharaoh will say. Uh, God knows everything about everything. He will say to the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. In other words, God says, see, when they camp there, Pharaoh's going to hear about it and say they're stuck. I, I want to I get ahead of myself. I want to get ahead of myself real quick. Can you help me? Say, neighbor, this whole thing ain't even about you. Uh, you, you'll see it, you'll see it, you'll see it. He, he, <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so, Pharaoh will say, your enemy will say you're stuck. That they are bewildered. In the King James, use the word entangled. They are entangled, they are stuck. The enemy thinks you're stuck because he doesn't see any movement. Y'all missed it. He doesn't see any movement. He doesn't see any motion. But he doesn't realize you're following divine orders. I'm here because he told me to be here. I'm in this spot because God told me to be in this spot. I'm not moving because God hasn't told me to move. So it may look to my enemy and to even some people around me like I'm bewildered. It may look like I'm even entangled, but I'm not. I'm using my faith and my patience to inherit the promises. Bewildered. You know what the word bewildered means? It literally means confused. And the devil, can I tell y'all something? I, th I think every Sunday when I come in here, y'all bewilder the devil. He thinks you're bewildered because he wants to know how in the world you praising and you still got debt over your head. How? He wants to know how you praising God and you ain't reached the promise yet. How? How are you praising, and I, I brought another bill that you didn't even know about. You forgot that bill, and I brought that bill back. How are you praising, and you still got that sickness or that disease or that pain in your body? How are you praising, and he, he, he thinks you're confused. <laughs> and so because he thinks you're confused, he's going to come and attack you. But he doesn't realize that God is drawing him into a trap. I told you to tell your neighbor, this ain't even about you. This, ain't, this, ain't, this, this next trial ain't even about you. This next tribulation ain't even about you. This next attack ain't even about you. This next test ain't even about you. This next storm, it ain't even about you. It's because God has some unfinished business that he's got to take care of so he can send you on into your promise. Ah. 
they, they will say the wilderness has closed them in. The devil still with his stupid self doesn't recognize what you recognize as to why you praise him when nothing's happening. That even when it looks like I'm hedged in, when it looks like I'm stuck, I know my God specializes in making ways where there is no way. Y'all missed it. The Pharaoh and his people know that the Red Sea is in front of them and mountains are on either side. And if we cut off their only way of escape, they are doomed people. But Pharaoh didn't realize he was dealing with the God who makes ways where there is no way. Tell somebody God makes ways where there is no way. Tell them I prophesy in your life. Prophesy, prophesy. Tell them I prophesy in your life that God's about to make a way where there is no way. I prophesy in your life you are not living in a dead end. You are not in a dead end life. God's about to put his hand in the middle of your situation and he's about to turn everything around for your good. He makes ways out of no way. Doors where there are no doors. And he'll open a window where there are no windows. Whatever it takes to get me to my next place. Whatever it takes to get me to my promise. Whatever it takes to get me to my manifestation. God specializes in making ways out of no ways. Tell somebody we're still going to make it. We're still going to make it. We're... We're still going to make it. We're still. It don't look like it, but we're going to make it. It don't feel like it, but we're going to make it. I praise him because I know he's making a way. The Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able but he will with the temptation, with the test, with the storm, with the trial, make a way of escape. And the reason the devil has so much audacity, why he has so much boldness, why he has so much vigor when he comes at you, why he talks so big is because he doesn't see a way of escape. He thinks if I do this one last thing, they, 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 they can, I got him now. He said, I got him. That's what, he, that's what he's saying. He's saying, I, I got him now. But he don't know like I know that the God I serve will always make a way of escape late in the midnight hour. God can turn it every, everything, 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 everything around. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. And look, watch this, watch this, because it's a trap. Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that 
he will pursue them. The reason why he's going to come after them is because I harden his heart. Not because I'm trying to test them. Not because I'm trying to test them. But I'm doing something to him. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will pursue them. And I will gain honor. I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if you caught this. I, I know it's late in the message, but you better catch up. This ain't. That's not good English, Deacon Tyrone. This is not about you. You, you, you're missing it. God's going to get you through. He's going to get you where he told you to be. But the plan ain't about you. It's because there's some unfinished business that he's trying to handle and you're just the bait. Because the devil sees you and thinks he can whip you. Pharaoh couldn't see God. He just saw the people. But he didn't know that if God be for me, he didn't know what no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So all the devil sees is you. So he's coming after you because he thinks he can defeat you. But he don't know how much seeds you sowed. He don't know how many prayers you prayed. He don't know how you fasted. He don't know how you labored. He don't know the time you put in. And God is going to fight your battle because it's a trap. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know because I want the Egyptians to know. See, I know y'all know. Y'all missed it. He said, I know y'all know, but I want the Egyptians, the Egyptians to know. See, I, I know y'all church folk know, but I want the world to know. I know y'all church folk know, but I want the heathen to know. I know y'all church folk know who I am, but I want the whole world to know that I am the Lord. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow some things to happen in your life, but trust me, it ain't about you. I'm going to get you where I told you I'm going to take you, but I'm going to let the devil think he can beat you because I'm setting him up because I hate him. I love you and I hate him. So I'm going to get him. He said this, that I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now watch. Watch. Can, can I skip for a second here? Tell your neighbor, this ain't about you. Because verse 16, God tells Moses, lift up your eyes, stretch out your hand. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Look at verse, verse 17. He said, I'll indeed do what? So he's going to harden Pharaoh again. That they shall follow them. So I will do what? Gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, chariots, horsemen. Verse 18, the Egyptians shall know that I'm the Lord when I've gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots. and his. So God says, I'm going to harden him to chase you into the wilderness 
And then I'm going to harden to chase you into the Red Sea. Because, thank you, Holy Ghost. I forgot about that. Hebrews 11 says that by faith, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Whereas Pharaoh and his people could not. God, by faith, caused the children of Israel to cross and get across somewhere that because the Egyptians didn't have faith, they could not get across. So what was your triumph becomes the enemy's trap. Your place of victory becomes your enemy's final place of defeat. Y'all missed that word. Y'all missed that word. His final place of defeat. Pharaohs, the pharaohs, have been tormenting God's people for 430 years in slavery. And when God sent Moses to tell them to let them go, they made things harder for them. And they were idol worshipers, and God said, I'm going I'm to show them who's the real God. You've been troubling my people long enough. I'm about to take all of my aggression, all of my anger, all of my wrath out on you. And just when you think you got my people hedged in, think you think, just when you think you have my people trapped, I'm going to show you who the real God is. Those gods y'all were worshiping in Egypt, they weren't the real gods. I'm going to show you, Pharaoh, who's the real God. So it was a trap. Now watch. All right. All right. We're done. We're done. Watch this. Go back to verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5, tell, tell your neighbor you're not stuck. Tell him you're never stuck. Now I was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled in the heart of the Pharaoh. His servants was turned against the people, and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariots. This is what God told them they're going to do, right? Took his people with him also. He took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. Watch this. The children of Israel went out with boldness. The children of Israel went out of Egypt with boldness. 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 How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness, boy? You... Oh, boy, I came out of that debt, came out of that sin, came out of that lifestyle, and I came out with boldness. But all of a sudden, I'm afraid. Because the ones I thought I was rid of are back again. What I thought I was done with, it's back again. And God said, that's why I need this last episode. Because I'm going to make sure when I deal this final blow on that enemy, you will never have to deal with that issue, with that condition, with that situation ever, ever, ever again in your life. So they found them, verse, verse, 19, verse 9 rather, camping by the sea. So the enemy is too stupid to know he's walking into a trap. Verse 10, 
Pharaoh Jr., the children of Israel did what? They did what? Now that's why they freaked out. They lifted their eyes. Now we walk by faith and not by Anytime you begin to lift your eyes in the natural, you're going to see the, the contrary conditions in your life. Remember when Peter was walking on water? But the Bible says when he saw the wind boisterous and the waves, it says Peter began to sink. What the enemy always wants you to do is to take your eyes off camping resting, and put your eyes on the enemy. Remember in the second Kings chapter 6 when Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, woke up one morning and the Syrian army was gathered all around them? And the Bible says, he said, alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha the prophet said, my God, open this young man's eyes that he may see. Now, he saw the enemy with his natural eyes. But Elijah said, God, open his eyes, which means you have two sets of eyes. I'm going to come on this side. I like it. It means you have two sets of eyes. Tell your neighbor, use your other eyes. Use your other eyes. Stop freaking out. Use your other eyes. Stop using your bad eyes. Use your good eyes. Don't use that wicked eye. Use your good eyes. Don't use your natural eyes. Use your good eyes. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of men the things God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed them to us through his spirit. So your other eyes are your spiritual eyes. And the panic happened when they lifted up their eyes, their natural eyes. Your natural eyes will bring discouragement. Your natural eyes will bring despondency. Your natural eyes will bring anxiety, worry, and fear. And they begin to cry out. They cried out to God. Let me wrap this up. They cried out to God. They cried out to God. And then they begin to talk to the man of God. Why have you brought us here? Why have you brought us here? Verse 13. Let me, let me wrap this up here. And Moses said to the people, Moses, who knew God's ways. Moses, who had a revelation from God. Said, y'all, you're not stuck. It looks like it. Feels like it. It seems in every regard like we're doomed. But he said, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, here's a revelation. You're not stuck. This is, this is Moses. This is Moses, me, me putting Moses' words in my own words. Stand still, the show is about to begin. Y'all, y'all, you, you didn't catch it. 
You're not stuck. Stand still. The show, ladies and gentlemen, the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I declare to you right now, the show is about to begin. God has all the actors in place. He's pulling back the curtains. And the greatest show you've ever seen is about to begin. Sit yourself there, get some popcorn, get some juju beans, get whatever you need and get ready because the show is about to begin. Get you a big drink of water because the show is about to begin. God has brought the enemy into the very place he needs him to be. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, I, I see that. Because God is, is very, very, very adept at preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So the show can't begin until your enemies are in place. Oh, y'all, 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 I don't, I don't know who that's for. Y'all, somebody missed that. Some, somebody missed that. Tell you, uh, uh, help me out. Tell you, say, say neighbor, say neighbor, 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 neighbor. You're about to see a show, but the show cannot begin until your enemies are in place. Once your enemies are in place, don't freak out. Buckle up. Put on your seatbelt. Grab your popcorn because my God is about to show you the greatest show on earth. And that enemy that's been chasing your life, that enemy that's been coming against your marriage, that enemy that's been coming against your family, that enemy that's been coming against your finances, that enemy that's been coming against your body, you're going to see that enemy no more again forever. Give God a praise in this house today. Give God a shout in this house today. The show is about to begin. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. The show. That's what he said. Stand still and see. In the Amplified Classic says, don't be afraid, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed. Don't be moved by what you see. If you're a faith person, you're not moved by what you see. You're moved by the word of God. I'm not moved by what I see. Uh, there was initial panic and an initial... But once I go, calm down, get back on the word. I remember that God is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be against me? He goes before me. And, and Moses told the people, he said, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall. Y'all missed it. He said, the Lord shall fight for you. And you shall. You ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to clap back at nobody. Oh, I'm going to come back over here. I say you ain't got to clap back at nobody. 
You ain't got to get on social media and clap back and write no letters and clap back and email and clap back and text nobody in all caps about how you know you ain't got to clap back at nobody. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And I want you to give God a shout if you believe that right now. And you know the rest of the story. Y'all stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I'm quitting. You know the rest of the story. You know what y'all know what happened, right? Pharaoh and his people came, thought they had him stuck. And God told, told Moses to lift that rod, stretch it over the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea, and the people walked through on dry ground, and the enemy died. Well, the people moved on into victory. You're not stuck. Said, I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. At times it may feel like it. It may look like it. But I'm not stuck. I'm standing still. I'm going to wait no matter how long it takes. Job said, all of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my change comes. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall be quiet. You got to say anything? Because watch what God says. This is not your fight. This is my fight. This is what God, this is what God is saying. I picked this fight. Because I'm trying to end the enemy that's been trying to end you. And God is no big talker who picks a fight and can't back it up. You know, there's some folk like that. They, they talk a big talk but can't back it up. But our God is big, so strong, so mighty. If you receive this, lift your hands. I need you to understand right now, God is working on something for you. He's working on something for you. And many times when he's working, he's working in the background where you can't see what he's doing. You can't see how he's operating, but you must trust in his ways. That is working and you feel entangled, you feel trapped, you feel stuck. But I announce to you, you are not entangled, you are not trapped, you are not stuck. Just stand still and see. You will see, you will see, you will see his deliverance. You will see his victory. You will see his salvation. It won't be long from now, but God's about to show up and show out in your, in your life because the enemy...
has been drawn into it. And that enemy that's been on your trail, you will not see them ever again. And God, we may not understand all your ways, how you move, how you work, but we trust you. That you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. Even if we have no clue, you know exactly what you're doing. So our faith looks up to you. Our faith is in you. Our faith is in you. And how you move, how you flow, how you operate. Father, we ask you to forgive us for freaking out at times. Just that some things have caught us off guard. Some things seem so overwhelming that we were troubled. But I thank you, Father, that even your word tells us that when our hearts are overwhelmed, that you will lead us to a rock that is higher than we are. Father, I pray that every person on the sound of my voice, those that are here, those that are tuned in online right now, that God will have a lock-in mentality with our eyes not on the enemy and what he's doing, but our eyes of faith on you and your word, knowing that you're moving. You're moving on our behalf. I pray that today, Father, every person who may be in that stuck position, that entangled position, that they will stand up in faith. Yours as having done all to stand. They'll stand, therefore. Give us, by your grace, the ability to stand in the midst of all the attack, persecution, trouble, tribulation. Give us, by your grace, the ability to stand. I think that these your people will walk into their promised land. That we, your people, will walk into the manifestations that you have for us. That not one word from your word will fail in our lives. But God, if you said it, you'll do it. If you spoke it, you'll make it good. And all your promises, they are yes. And we say amen to every one of them. We give you the praise for this, all the honor and the glory. And in fact, God, we're going to give a, a bewilderment praise right now to just bewilder the devil. We praise you right now. We praise you right now in the middle of it. We praise you in the midst of it. We praise you in spite of it. We praise you. Even through it, we praise you. Right in the middle of everything, we praise you. We give you the glory and the honor. For you're worthy of the praise. It all belongs to you. We thank you for it. We give it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, clap your hands, all you people today. If you receive